Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Files. My name is Kim Menninger, and my personal mission is to help women overcome imposter syndrome and advance your career with confidence. Each week, I interview a new guest to share how they've navigated self-doubt to achieve success. The more we share our stories, the more we destigmatize imposter syndrome, recognize that we're not alone, and empower ourselves to access the tools and resources that can help us. Thank you so much for listening and sharing. When we struggle with imposter syndrome, learning something new often comes with great stress and anxiety. We become so focused on what we don't know and we make assumptions about what's possible and what isn't. What we often forget is that while whatever we're learning right now is new to us, the act of learning is not. Everything we do well today was once a skill we hadn't learned yet. Choosing to frame our growth in these terms allows for much greater patience, compassion, and confidence. In this episode, I speak with Lynn Whitbeck, who has founded two companies focused on sales and leadership development. She shares her personal story and perspective on how to get past limiting beliefs. Her message of self-empowerment reminds us that even when we feel like victims, we always have the power to choose. Welcome, Lynn. I am really looking forward to having this conversation with you today. And before we jump in, I would love to invite you to introduce yourself to us. Yeah. Hi, Kim. I am so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, For everyone out there, my name is Lynn Whitback. I am the founder and CEO of Petite to Queen and Future Forward Sales. And what we do is we help the world by providing training programs for sales and leadership. I believe that sales is leadership and it's a way to help lift us all up into those incredible career positions. And, uh, you know, one of the things we definitely encounter along the road is imposter syndrome. So I'm just super excited to be here and talk to you about this very important subject. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. And Imposter syndrome is definitely a um, a big piece of the leadership conversation and sales as well. So I think you're a great person for us to be talking with today. And I'd love to start just with my general questions that I ask, which are, you know, what does imposter syndrome mean to you? And how, if at all, has it shown up in your own career or in your life? Well, it absolutely has. It's, It's something that we've taken on as a topic ourselves and how it um, showed up in our is through my team members. And so one of the things that when we were first discussing putting together um, uh, articles and then we uh, a webinar and then eventually a course on imposter syndrome, and we were going through this, one of the things that struck me was that I just wasn't getting it. And my daughter who is just an amazing young woman. She sent me a, she, she, she took me aside and she, she's not involved in the company at all. She's, she's working on NASA satellites, but she said to me, you know, when have you ever felt that you didn't deserve a seat at the table? And I was like, well, never. And she said, exactly. Because people who have imposter syndrome don't believe they have a seat at the table. And so suddenly I was able to see and understand, you know, from that different perspective and prism, you know, really rotating around, shaking my own paradigm, that self-doubt 
which is certainly part of imposter syndrome, but it's not the same thing. Imposter syndrome is truly where you, there is a, an element of self-worth um, that's being attacked in a way. I mean, and, and these are, in many ways, it's a self-limiting belief, but this is something that it, it's very real. And it's how do you get away a path out? How do you find your way out? So that really, it just was so illuminating to me. And then all of a sudden, everything that I was working on with my team clicked into place because every one of them was exhibiting a form of imposter syndrome and they all recognized that they had it, um, you know, to some extent. And so that was why it was such an important topic for them that they wanted to get it out there and really, you know, just, you know, let's not stop thinking of this as something that is bad or it's like something they can just turn off or that it's, uh, you know, that there's shame associated with it because that's not the case. This is very real and it's something that directly impacts every aspect of our lives, not just our careers, but our relationships, our friendships. And so it's, it's really so important that people make that those first steps to recognize you know what elements that they have so that they can move start to move forward because it's baby steps all the way along the road absolutely and i love how you talk about the broader effects of imposter syndrome too and impacts on career impacts on relationships and the unfortunate thing about it is if you don't know what it is and you don't have the level of self-awareness to challenge those limiting beliefs, to challenge what you're telling yourself, you don't even necessarily know that it is something that can be challenged, that it is something that, an experience that can be managed in some way, right? So part of it is just realizing what's going on so that you can then take more intentional action around it. Absolutely. And the most important thing for all of us, whenever we're going through these methods of growing uh, to, to uh, unlearn and relearn and move our, you know, make this choice to follow a new path, that first thing is to get into that introspection and to spend some time in that space so that you understand some of the underlying things that are going on and that you, you start to recognize them. And so that you can start working on them. And sometimes it may be one thing that you recognize and you can say, okay, this is an area of fear for me. What's motivating that fear? What's driving that fear? What's really going on? And then from there, you start working on that. And every time you go through these areas of introspection, because even if you don't have imposter syndrome, you could have extreme self-doubt around something. And I'll, I can give you an example. So when I started Petite to Queen, I was absolutely used to standing up and having meetings as I presented at conferences, at huge events that I had been, and, but I wasn't used to doing like one-on-one -on -one video interviews or being on Facebook Lives. Uh, and it was new to me. And my first thing was that I put up this barrier that, well, I'm not an actress. I can't do this. And, and then I had to say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where is this negativity coming from? What's going on? There's nothing I can't do. 
you know, I have this whole Kim Possible moment, you know, I can do anything. So it was like, okay, I need to understand where those feelings are coming from. I need to really process them so that I can, I can dig, dig it up, dig out this bitter root and be able to recognize it and discard it. And so I started working on that and it was this piece of trying to memorize this. And it came from even this experience I had in middle school of, of doing like a, a play type thing. And so it, I just started to work on that and I went, you know, I can learn how to do this and I'm never going to be an actress. That's not who I am, but I can get a lot better. So this is just a skill at the end of the day. A skill I need to learn. So I started down that journey of learning the skill. And I have to say, I've gotten better and better. I'm not great. Okay. I, it's, you know, but I do okay, you know, and every time I get better, but it's that, that it took me that moment to really dig in myself, dig deep, to understand the fear, where it was coming from, so that I could start to address it. And uh, one of the things I did is I wrote myself an affirmation, which I think are just brilliant. But I just it was like, this is a skill that I can learn, just like all the other skills that I have learned and continue to learn in my career and in my life. And I just would say that I, I use always, I go through about a round of three um, affirmations that I say every morning as soon as I wake up. There's one I still use every day, and it's, I have so many things I get to do today. You know, so it just puts that positive spin on my day. Mm -hmm. And then I have two that I'm working on. And then once I feel that I've really overcome that area, there's always something new that I can start working on. I love so much of what you're saying. And I think you know, what you're making me think about, too, is the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, because you were talking a little bit about even using language like, I can't do this, right? And yes. And that, just the way that we tell ourselves, I can't do this, is such a fixed mindset. Um, we couldn't do a lot of things when we were born or when we were younger, when we were starting out our careers, right? There are a lot of things that we couldn't do at one point that we can now. And so reframing that in the way that you're talking about, it's not that I can't do it. It's, it's something that I haven't learned yet, but I exactly. can't. And yes. that's such a powerful reframe to be able to say, and, you know, I think about this a lot of just adding the word yet, right? I can't do it yet, but yeah. I can learn it. Yeah. And, and that is so important because the, we have so many negative thoughts that are naturally forming in our brain. It's part of our survival instinct. But what we have to do is really get a handle on that so that instead of, that's why I start my day every day is that I have so many things I get to do today because I started on that positive note and I find that it really helps me stay all the way through it. And so I, and it's so important that we really look for that because that positivity is a enormous asset and it helps us from falling into the negativity trap and what I call this, this downward spiral of, uh, uh, just a cyclone of despair. So it, it's more than anything, finding that, that way that you can introduce that into your life and start recognizing when 
you are doing that when you're that negative voice negative Nelly I like to call her or negative Ned is in your head and there are a lot of things that you can do to help yourself recognize that um, one of the simplest things is it sounds gonna sound silly but you put a rubber band around your your uh, your wrist one of the, those nice night fat ones that they come with like vegetables or something and you put it on your wrist and when you hear yourself either thinking or saying something negative especially about yourself and your capabilities you give yourself a snap <laughs> and, and it's and it's like okay wait a minute it's like let's it's just like pause let me take that take two seconds here to recognize I just put forth a negative thought out in the world I can do this I just need to learn how or I need someone to help me understand what I need to do um, I, it could be some type of task at work and it's like okay I don't have enough information how do I get that information who do I talk to you know how can I acquire that information so it it suddenly you can help pivot right in that moment your thinking and so I use this rubber band method <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah in my in my career and uh, through and it's it sounds absolutely silly but it's so basic but it it just literally gives you that sharp attention like whoa okay and it lets sets that tone so you can stop and say okay it's sort of like the, the little water scooter for the dogs or the cats <laughs> <laughs> yes yes because you're absolutely right I mean it all starts with the awareness piece and we're not we're not noticing how often that we're talking to ourselves in certain ways. So if we can use a strategy that brings our awareness to how we're talking to ourselves, right? Then what you've introduced is an opportunity to then say, how do I think differently about this? Or what, what's the action I can take to achieve a different outcome? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we do in um, our course is that we go through an automatic thoughts log where you're really recording all of your thoughts so you can start to see a pattern and see what's happening because otherwise you're not even consciously aware of it. And that's the first thing is we've got to bring this up to the surface, got to bring this to the surface. And once you've brought these things to the surface, you can pick one area okay remember you don't eat a meal in one bite you yeah or one giant swallow right it's one bite at a time so then you choose the area that you're going to start working on first i love that too because i do think that imposter syndrome comes with oftentimes anyway a lot of generalized anxiety and so there's this just sent general sense of i don't know what i'm doing i don't belong here I don't deserve to be in this role. And there's nothing actionable that comes from that mindset. There's no way to actually problem solve from there. But like you're saying, if you're looking at it as something that you do one bite at a time, now you can start to ask yourself more productive questions around, okay, well, if I were to learn this skill, what's the first step in doing so? Who's a person that I can reach out to to ask for help? The kinds of the kinds of resources that we can access. That's all something we can actually do something with right absolutely and and that's one of the things that we have something that's called the inspire method and so we go through you know these different steps so that because in a way just like self-doubt imposter syndrome is always going to be there um, but you can learn to overcome and manage it very effectively 
so that it no longer has the same control over yourself. Uh, instead, you have control over it. Um, and so when you go through that, you know, it's really some of the things is starting with um, perfectionism. I'm, you know, imperfect is the first inspire because, you know, that was something that, you know, perfectionism, many of us also struggle with that if the work isn't absolutely perfect, then somehow we failed, right? Um, these, in, these really crazy things that these standards that we uh, inflict upon ourselves. And that was something I had to learn early in my career. And ironically, I learned it completely out of the workplace. It was because I was taking a quilting class and they talked about having a humility square because there's always mistakes when you're doing your quilting and that you have you and in fact if your quilt is too perfect then you need to introduce a, a square that is imperfect because that's your humility square we're all human beings we make mistakes we're not perfect and in fact many of our greatest achievements can come out of the mistakes that we've made or the the you know the incredible insights or revelations that we can find within um come from those mistakes when you suddenly go oh i've been doing it this way and all of a sudden i can see that this is the way i need to do it so you know you start with that and that can really help um you know just get you on that path i love the idea of a humility square i think that's <laughs> that, that's a great symbol that we could use outside of quilting um and you know i want to go back for a moment too to one thing that you said earlier that really struck struck me was the idea of saying uh, there are so many things I get to do I find myself falling into this trap too of times when my calendar is really busy and I think oh my gosh there's so much I have to do yep. and there's a real opportunity for self-empowerment and a, a mindset shift away from almost being a victim or out of control of your own life right that comes with saying I get to do these things I I'm making a choice. I'm, I'm here because I choose to be, not because you know, I have to be. And that alone brings with it, I think, a, a more positive, more confident mindset. Absolutely. And the, the power of choice, that, that's a, that is, I love what you just said there, Kim, because that's at the crux of everything. You have the power to choose. To choose a new path and it may not be easy sometimes we have to travel the long road around uh, to get to a short distance but we have the choice to start that journey and sometimes when you look at the big thing it can be like I just I can't even begin to do this well break it down mm. people don't climb a mountain you know they don't go climb Mount Everest just decide I'm gonna go do this no it takes takes months to years of preparation to do that and so it's the same thing here and that each each step along that journey you're discovering more about yourself um you're it awakens that to your point this strength within and greater and greater power that you have to choose how and where you know, you're going to put forth, you know, your unique wonderfulness out there in the world. Absolutely. And, you know, I was talking with someone else recently about 
this too that the strengths that we have are remarkable because we achieve them in spite of the obstacles that we face along the way, right? Or that we, that we work through the obstacles to get to where we are. There's nothing all that impressive about achieving a goal that is super easy and <laughs> doesn't challenge you in some way, right? Uh, there, I think where we get stronger as humans and as professionals in whatever role we play in our lives, in, in, in relation to others, like, that comes from testing ourselves and recognizing that we're capable of more than we think we are. And we always stay within the limits of our comfort zone and things are never hard or scary. Uh, how satisfying is that? No, you always have to push that. Just <laughs> that That's a, another key thing is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I, I'm so there with you, Kim. I mean, no matter who you are, um, you, 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 there's every, the unknown is everything you don't have. That's where it all lives. And so you need to keep pushing those boundaries. And I'm not talking you just go and do something crazy. I mean, you do these in, you can do these in micro steps and in small ways, but you keep doing that. Um, and, and one of the things is I, you, you can get a mindset where people feel like they're in this, this safe zone or they've made a decision and this is where they need to stay. Um, and they don't recognize that, you know, that it's not about giving something up. It's about what you're going to get in return when you push yourself a little bit forward. And these can, like I said, be just micro, micro steps. But each one of those that you take, and then you look back after a few months and you're going to go, whoa, wow. Think of a baby who's learning to walk. They don't just stand up and start walking. <laughs> right. Oh. They got to learn how to roll over, then they got to learn how to push themselves up, and pretty soon they're crawling, and then they're climbing along, you know, doing the the cruising on with holding on to something, you know. Then they're walking like Frankenstein, <laughs> yeah, and they're not giving up at any of those stages, right? Because imagine if we decided at that point, well, no, it's just too scary, or I don't, I don't deserve to walk. Right? <laughs> Yeah, it's all in there. It's all inside of us. And instead, it's like, okay, what am I going to get in return? You know, that's why I need to keep working on this. Because what am I going to get in return? And, you know, let's move forward in our life. When we were learning to ride a bicycle, well, what were we going to get in return? You know, it was because we knew that if we could start riding that bicycle, it gave us, as children, freedom. To, to go visit our friend, to, to run around the neighborhood, you know, like you know, on our bikes. And so once again, every step of the way through our lives, it's, you know, really think about not what I'm going to give up because, you know, my safety or my comfort or that this just, I don't have to think about this. Instead, what am I going to get in return when I start pushing myself just a little bit for something new, for something better? I love that. I love thinking about what the benefit is. What's the return on the the potential discomfort that comes with getting there? I know yep. for me, I often talk about the fact that I have 
suffered from anxiety for most of my life. And so I, I know that I have the potential, if I allow it, to get stuck in a comfort zone and because then I feel more in control and I can avoid those anxious feelings. But I have made the choice instead to, I, I live by Eleanor Roosevelt's quote, do one thing every day that scares you because yeah. every time I scare myself, I get stronger, right? And taking action makes me feel less anxious. So I feel like for me, what you're talking about is what will I get in return is I, I get validation that I can do it. <laughs> I get validation that I don't need to curl up into a ball when things get scary. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that that's so important because also not only does it affect you in every aspect of your life to be able to do that, because and even when you know we do make a mistake, it's to recognize that it wasn't um, that that how we can learn from that, and, and you know really giving yourself permission to fail along the way because sometimes we'll gain an insight that we didn't have from a mistake, and you're like oh. Well, that's something that I'd never thought of. And now I know that I need to mitigate for this or I need to watch this or I need to do something so that isn't, doesn't repeat, right? And so there's a lot of ways that you can break things down so that you can look at, well, what's all the positive that, learn, that we learned out of this? And this is whether at work or at home. And you can say, Okay, so what did we learn from this? So let's say you're just making a recipe and that's a super simple thing. It's not threatening, right? Um, but you can say, okay, well, what did we learn? Well, this was, it was just too much red pepper flake in the fish tacos. So they were just, they were just way too, you know, you know, when you ate them. <laughs> so how do we make some adjustments? And because this is something I'll do. I, I actually, it took me months to, 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 uh, come up with my fish taco recipe, but I didn't look at it as a failure, you know, um, instead I looked at it as I kept narrowing the gap. And every time I, I made some adjustments, I narrowed the gap and I learned things through my experimentation. So that's something that for most people you can, you might be able to see, but you can apply that then at, in other ways in every other aspect of your life. So you know, you make the best decisions with the facts and figures that you have. And then if things don't work out at work, you also need to recognize, you know, that, that moment where, okay, this isn't working. It doesn't mean it's a failure. It just means that we've learned something and we now need to apply that new knowledge so that we can pivot. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking about all of, of the great things that you're saying and I'm taking notes here and I've got all <laughs> sound bites from you. And, and I'm wondering if I'm, I'm putting myself in the shoes of listeners who may be really nodding their heads with us. Uh, uh, and this is really resonating with them in terms of their own experience. What's the absolute first step you would recommend to somebody who wants to get to this place and this mindset shift that we're talking about? Well, I would say the very first place is to go ahead and, and keep a log for at least five days on your automatic thoughts. Um, this is very important because, you know, just as you, you know, because thoughts 
flow in and out of our heads at the, the, all the time. And that's an investment in yourself um, that's going to pay huge dividends because then you can start to look for patterns that there's something that you're, you're saying to yourself on a fairly regular basis or um, some type of thought pattern uh, that you can identify. So that's a really great place to start because when you do that, you're going to, and then you go and you look through it, you're going to see things that you really hadn't even, you hadn't consciously been thinking about. Like, boy, I say that an awful lot. And so what am I saying to myself? You know, and then take a moment to, to consider that. What am I saying to myself? And where is that coming from? You know, so that's really then the next step of going through where is that coming from? You know, and really getting into that. Where is that coming from? So like I said, that whole thing when I went through that exercise with, well, I can't do all these video interviews. I don't know how to do this. I'm not an actress. Well, and I started going like, well, why do I feel this way? And I, I really came back to this experience I had in middle school. It was, it was a negative experience. And so it just, and then I went, you know, what, what, what? I was 13 years old, you know? <laughs> it's like, hello, I'm not, how am I gonna, you know, not gonna know this at 13. And so, but what, what was the good that came out of that experience? What did I gain from that experience? What did I learn? And, and, uh, you know, all through my life, I've seen that I do have a pattern where I call it, I'm a go for it person (laughs) (laughs) where I'm, I will look, I have a little story that's on our future forward sales website at the, on the homepage, but it's about me and my brother. And he was this, he was a good skier. I was I could ski. Okay, let's just put it that way. I could ski. Uh, but he would take me up to the top of the mountain and you always have a choice of runs. Like one's like the simple one, one's intermediate, one's like advanced. And he always would be going down the advanced run and I'd be looking down, look going, oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and we can use more colorful language as you <laughs> wish. And, and, and I was like, uh, you know, literally I was, you know, th- that was a different type of almost primal fear. Uh, but David would say, let's go. And I went and I went for it every time. And so, and yeah, I could fall. <laughs> I could, you know, it took me longer, but I made it down the hill. And it was that, that was sort of one of these things about me that I was able to tap into that I'm a go for it type of person. So if I can identify what it is that, what's that fear within then I can start to work on it, right? And, you know, like I said, I'm, I may never be brilliant at this. I'm even saying some negative things about myself, like, okay, well, I don't have to be that good, right? But the point is, I keep working at it. I keep doing it. I'm going to get better and better. And all of that's okay. Yes. I love that. And I, I hope for everyone listening that they can find a way to be more of a go for it person. Cause I love how you're describing it. <laughs> I, I think that's such a great way to, to capture what we're talking about. And I'm, I'm curious what motivated you to want to tell your story today? What are you hoping people will take away from it? I am hoping that the, the, the thing that drives me and that motivates me more than anything else is to be of service. And if one person just picks up on one nugget that they go, I can do this and I can start applying this today, 
then my job has, has, is done. And I've been able to give them an incredible gift, a gift to know that they're not alone, um, that they, they've got the grit and the, the gumption and the determination to make a change, to make a choice, a new choice, and to make their life better. And that's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wow. better. Wow is right. I'm really glad that you and I had this conversation today, Lynn. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and to share all these great nuggets. I, I feel like there's so much that we can think about and learn from what you shared today. Oh, Kim, thank you so much. And I, I truly hope that uh, everyone out there, that there was something that you could latch onto and um, just take that, take that, take that leap, take that leap. That's great. Thank you for listening to the imposter syndrome files. If you're listening to this, chances are you struggle with imposter syndrome or other confidence issues too. One of the most important reasons I started this podcast is because I want you to know that you are not alone. As an executive coach and former high-tech leader, I spent years battling imposter syndrome. There were times in my career when I was absolutely sure that this was the moment that everyone would figure out that I didn't belong in the room. But you know what? It never happened. And through the years, with the help of lots of coaching, mentoring, and other resources, I've learned to help myself and others overcome self-doubt and advance our careers with strength and confidence. Understanding imposter syndrome is just the first step, but it often takes more than understanding to overcome it. If you'd like additional support, I would love for you to join the upcoming Boost Your Confidence Bootcamp, where we dig into imposter syndrome at a much deeper level. In a safe, trusted group of professionals who are on similar journeys, you'll get to learn, share, and connect in ways that help you overcome self-doubt and grow your confidence. Check out the show notes for a link to the program, or feel free to reach out to me directly if you want to discuss it further. Thank you 